Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Today's uh, message was a little challenging for me because there's a lot of tension in today's topic. It's not a super black and white topic. In fact, um, <clears throat> I, I was a little like, oh, I don't know how to do this because here, here's what I've, I've found. Uh, over the last few weeks, the first week we talked about how you could be a friend, okay, uh, what you can do to be a good friend. But then Jennifer talked last week about the friends you need. And so today I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the friends you don't need. And so the natural tendency when you talk about the friends you don't need is to bring it from this idea of unfriending. Anybody ever unfriended somebody? Who has those people on Facebook that you're like, come on, you're not saying anything, but you know what I mean, right? During the pandemic, some of you guys unfriended some people, right? They said too much on social media. They didn't say enough on social media. You didn't like how they said it on social media. They were too black. They were too white. They were too Republican. They were too Democrat. They were too nice. They were too mean, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you were like, unfriend. Okay, or maybe you just didn't like that they posted pictures of their kids all the time, or you didn't like the food, or you were jealous of their vacation. You were like, unfriend, right? We've all been there, and we've done that. And the tendency is, I think we've made it so easy to unfriend people on social media that sometimes we can make it that easy to unfriend people in real life. We just kind of write people off and say, you know what? I'm done with you. Click unfriend, uh, and that's it. And you know what? I don't think God ever uh, meant for us to unfriend people. And I'm going to get into that tension here in a minute, but I don't, think, I don't think we're called to just unfriend people, but I do think we're called to redefine relationships with people. And so I was going to title today's message, Unfriending, but as I studied scripture a little bit more, I found this beautiful tension. It's not about unfriending, but it is about redefining some friendships, that there are some friendships in our life that need to be kind of redefined. And here's the big idea today, and it's this, when it comes to relationships. Relationships, they're very critical. I don't know if you've thought about that or not, but relationships are very, very important in your life. All of us need relationships. For the past two weeks, we've been uh, talking from this scripture where there was a man all alone. There was no end to his toil. And so relationships are important because two are better than one. Two can do, do so much more than just a man on his own. Not only are relationships critical, but last week we talked about how relationships are spiritual, right? There, there, there are certain kinds of relationships that we can allow in our life that make us better, that strengthen us, that draw, draw us closer to God. And so uh, relationships can be spiritual, but also relationships can have lasting impacts. Have you ever thought about that? Your relationships, whether you realize it or not, are not just, you know, impacts that happen for a moment, but, but oftentimes relationships can leave lasting impacts on your life. You're like, I, I don't know if I really believe that. Have you ever dated somebody, right? Back in the day, you dated somebody, you had a bad experience. It was a short window of time, but it left a big impact in your life. And so the relationships you choose to have, they really do impact you. They can make you better, they can make you worse. They can make you get closer to God or they can draw you away from God. They can have lasting impact on you. And I've learned this and I've heard this and I didn't coin this phrase, but I've heard this phrase over the years and it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you show me who your friends are, I can guarantee I can show you what your future will look like. 
And so I just want us to take a poll just for a second in here. And here's the poll. And if you're writing notes, write this down. If you're not, write this down. But I want you to write down, uh, who are your five closest friends? I want you to imagine here are five chairs. We'll turn them around in a second. But if you were to put your five closest friends in these chairs, who would be sitting in them? Write them down. Who are your five closest friends? You might say, well, there's two of them. I don't really know about the other three, if they're friends or not. Okay, who are the five people that you spend the most time with? Maybe they're a friend, maybe they're not a friend, but, you know, they're, they're in your life. Who are your friends? And here's what I found. Whoever sits in these seats, show them to me, and I'll show you what your future looks like. I promise, you got five runners that are influencing you all the time, you're probably gonna pick up or at least try running every once in a while. You got five friends that like to go, you know, eat Mexican and chips and cheese dip all the time, and, you know, Kate, I heard a clap back in the back. <laughs> Is that Blake? <laughs> you're probably gonna look like some cheese dip. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> all the time. You know, who, who, what, what, what's your friends look like? You show me your friends. You, you, you hang out with a bunch of people that know how to manage money, I bet you at some point, they teach you how to manage some money. You hang out with people that all they do is spin, 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 and material, material, material. You're probably gonna have a bent to want to be that way as well because the people that you allow closest to you, your inner circle, they rub off on you, whether you realize it or not, for good and for bad. And here's what I've learned about our relationships. We may meet our friends by chance, but we deepen them by choice. The people in your life, maybe you bumped into them and you were like, wow, we really hit it off. But the people that you choose to allow in your inner circle, you made a choice to allow them there. And so which friends are you choosing to allow in your inner circle? Are they, are they making you better? Are they, 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 they bringing you down a little bit? Do they make you stress or do they make you smile? Do they bring joy to you or do they bring you know, I don't know, do they suck the life out of you? Do, do they do good things or do they do bad things? Proverbs 13, 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, one of the things that's so true in my life is I've never gotten trouble alone. Anybody ever... Anybody ever been in high school? Let's just go back there, okay? Let's pick on the high schoolers because adults would never get in trouble. Anybody ever got in trouble alone? No. We just, we don't do it. Oftentimes, we're mischievous with others. I remember this one friend, uh, his, I, I, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, his name was Justin. Um, and, and Justin was a bad influence on me, let me tell you. We were, um, we were hanging out one, one night. I live next to the football field. Uh, the high school uh, was right next door to me. There was a football field there. And at the football field, they had this amazing concession as, you know, a 15-year-old, I thought. I mean, nachos and Starbursts and M&Ms and all that. And you have to realize, I grew up pretty poor. Most of our food came from the uh, food pantry. And so the night we arrived at the concession stand and realized it was unlocked was a glorious night for me. <laughs> My friend taught me about this thing called a five-finger discount. I had never heard of a five-finger discount <laughs> But he had told me about a five-finger discount, and he said, oh, five-finger discounts are the most amazing thing in the world. You can take it, and it's just discounted to you for free. <laughs> thought, well, this is a great idea. 
So we went home and got a duffel bag because we could only fit so much in our pocket. So we five-finger discounted some duffel bags worth of stuff, and I took a duffel bag, and he took a duffel bag. Now, the problem happened when, you know, they didn't have cameras or anything back then, but here's when the problem happened. When my other friend that actually made me do this, that taught me about five-finger discounts, decided that he wasn't going to give his little brother any of the candy that he had got discounted to him when his brother found out what was going on. So the brother, of course, being the good brother that he was, said, you know, I'm going to sell you into slavery just like Joseph did to, you know, got from his brothers. He said, we're kicking you in the hole. You're going down, boy. And so, of course, he ran in, told mom and dad, hey, mom, dad, just want you to know, Justin and his friend Sean (laughs) have taken some stuff. The craziest thing happened to me at 2 a.m. in the morning to follow. The pastor of our church, I would never do this, showed up at my house, knocked on the door. He was eight foot tall. He looked like Goliath. That's the kind of pastor I had. Small country church showed up at the door. Bam, 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 bam. I opened the door at two in the morning. Who would let their 15-year-old do that now? And there stands the pastor with the duffel bag. Sean, do you know what this is? Nope. (laughs) Go get your dad. Needless to say, Justin was a great influence on me. See, we never get in trouble alone. There's always people in our lives that I feel like are pushing us either in a good direction or a bad direction. But here's the deal. We choose them. You choose who's sitting closest to you in these five chairs. If you don't believe me, Proverbs 12, 26 says this. It says, the righteous, what do they do? Choose their friends carefully. And so there's two different, you know, ways to choose friends here. The righteous, they choose their friends carefully. But the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 27, 19 says this, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is is shown by the kind of friends he has. Isn't that crazy? A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is like is shown by the kind of people he surrounds himself with that he chooses. And so I found this to be true in my life. It's impossible to live right when you have wrong friends. It's impossible to live the right life with the wrong people. Why? Because the Bible says, don't be misled. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Now, here's the tension. Most of the time when we hear a message like this, Chris, will you come help me real quick? Where are you at, Chris? On, Turn these chairs around. Most of the time when we hear a message like this, it just kind of goes on and it's like, okay, here's how you unfriend your people because that's what we're called to do. Will you turn these chairs around? Let's kick them out of our life, right? 
And so here you are in, in your life, the two closest people to you is the, the wrong friends. And then you've got some good friends in your life too, and so we'll just say you've got, you've got two wrong and, and three right. And so I think what most people, when it comes to preaching a topic like this does, is say this, okay, your wrong friends, your bad company that's corrupting you, thank you, Chris, so much, just, here you go, Willie, just kind of get rid of them. Just be done with them. There you go. Wait, you're, we're going to get those back up. All right, now Jesus loves you. You got the right friends. You kicked out the wrong friends. I don't know if that's what Jesus was like. Because there's this beautiful tension in Scripture that, that, that we have to see. And, it, and it's this, that your inner circle, your, your, your core friends, yes, the people that are, that are closest to you, they should, they should live right. They should have godly morals. They should have some good character. But the other friends that maybe are, are there is our job to, to boot them out. The, the, the tension is this, that, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. That's, I don't think he kicked him out. He, he said, whoa, 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 be a light unto the world. Well, you can't be a light if you don't have any darkness around you. And so that's the tension. The, 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 the tension is what, what do we do? How do we, how do we live our life that he's the friend of sinners, but also stay away from bad people? It's the light of the world, but don't, don't be unequally yoked. Stay away. Bad company corrupts good character, but go into all the world. And so it's not about unfriending, but it is about redefining our friendships. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move the right people closest to me. But I'm not going to boot these people out of my life. But I'm going to change the position they are in. Because I want to make sure those that are closest to me, the loudest, are speaking the truth. And those that maybe would corrupt me, I'm not leaving them because I can't be a light. I can't show them Jesus. I can't make an impact in their life. They'll never see what, you know, what it looks like to love God if I say go to the curb. And this is the problem with so many Christians. It's so easy, and I'm, I'm just blanketing out there, okay? And I'm not picking on Christians, all right? But it's so easy to get in a bubble. It's so easy to say us three and no more. But that's, it's not what it's about. I'm not saying just go hang out with other people that love God and boot everybody else out of your life that doesn't lo no, love God. But I am saying the people that are in your life that are speaking the loudest, they can't be the wrong people. Because they'll impact you. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. There's a lot of tension in this, huh? That's the kind of God we serve, though. He lived in the middle. 
He lived in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the tension. He never looked at somebody and say, you're bad, you're corruptible, get out of my sight, get away from me, I detest you. But he did have a Peter, James, and John. He did have an inner circle and say, the ones I'm going to allow closest to me are the ones that honestly are living right, speaking right, going to change the world. And so show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And so, yes, bad company corrupts good character. And so we've got to redefine the friendships in our life. Maybe a better title would be we need to reorder some friendships in our life. And this simple illustration is just to show who are you letting sit right beside you? Do not kick them off the bus. Just change the seat they're on on the bus. They need you. And there may be parts of the wrong friends that you need. And so, what do we do? I want to give you two things this morning that I think you, you can't let people do in your life. And then I want to give you one thing you have to choose to always do. So two things that we have to determine we're not going to let our friends do. Number one is this. Whoever we allow closest to us, we won't let them distract us from God's plan. And so I just want to say this, whoever you're allowing in these seats that are closest to you that are the loudest, you have to determine they're people that won't distract you from the plan of God. God has a plan for you. God has good things for you. God wants you to make a difference. God has a purpose in your life. But sometimes there are people that are in our lives that, that want to distract us from God's plan. That want to that not, not pull us away into bad things, but just pull us away into the things of the world. The things that, that honestly will just, as scripture says, will burn up like hay and stubble. And so you have to determine, well, I, I, won't, I won't let the right friends distract me from God's plan. This is what Jesus did with, with Peter. Jesus is about to die, and he's telling everyone, hey, I'm about to die. And Peter's like, no, 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 that can't be your plan. There's got to be a better way. And Jesus turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. Now, that's a good day, right, for a friend when you say, get behind me, Satan. Go try that one out on your friend today, all right? Guys, I don't recommend saying that to your dad today or, you know, your mother-in-law or something. You know, you're the wrong friend. Get behind me, Satan. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have, what, in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Not a bad guy. He'd go on to do great things. But in, in the moment, he was a distraction. A distraction from the plan that God had. And so, so not every friend that you need to, to redefine or kind of move over who's loudest are friends that are doing bad things. No, they could be friends that are just distracting you from the plan that God has in your life in that season. So, so your case in point, 
You're, you're walking through a difficult season and you're trusting God and your faith is high, but you choose to surround yourself with negative people. Well, maybe they're not bad friends, but in certain seasons, you can't let a bunch of negative people in your inner circle when you're trying to have faith and believe for God for big things. And so you got to say, hey, I'm not unfriending you, but you are not in my inner circle right now. I am moving you to the back of the bus for a season, or maybe it's going to be a long season. It might actually be forever if you don't get over your negative, critical, no, I'm just joking, right? Thinking you're not a bad person, but, but right now you're, dis, you're distracting me from what I believe that God has for me. So it's, it's not always, you know, I mean, sometimes it could, be, it could be the friend that, you know, I mean, we get saved, right? You get saved and maybe you're, you're a new Christian and you get saved and, you know, you go back out and all your friends don't understand why you go to church anymore yeah. or why you go to church now all the time. Why you don't hang out with them anymore. It used to be on Sundays, you were always out at the lake or you were always doing something. And now you had a moment with Jesus. You had an interaction with them and, and you've got a different plan in your life now. You've got some different purpose and they just don't understand. They're like, why are you doing that? That's so crazy. I mean, why aren't you hanging out with us? Are we not friends anymore, right? And so it's a tug of war that we're living in and you've got to choose what voices you're allowing, in that moment, maybe it's the friends that are, that are constantly all about material stuff, that are constantly, you know, about, you know, spending, 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 and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, and here you are, you're trying to be more generous, you're trying to manage money God's way, and, you know, you're doing all this, and, and they're just distracting you because they have a different way of thinking and a different lifestyle and, and all of that, and so it's not always bad things, it's not always like the distraction is they're always wanting to go out and drink and party and get high and start meth labs and knock off a bank and, you know, like... <laughs> If you have those friends, in the words of Jennifer last week, you may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny, but it may be jail. Maybe it's like sports is my God, and I don't get your God anymore. And so you don't leave the friends because you're called to be a light to the friends. You just redefine them. You just say, okay, you... You were here, and now, I'm just going to distance you a little bit because your voice is a distraction right now. And I still love you, but God has a plan for me. And so we have to determine we're not going to allow our friends to distract us from God's plan. And then number two is we're not going to allow our friends to continually tempt us to sin. This is the one that, you hear most of the time. And so I would be remiss, you know, to not include this, but it's not, this wasn't a whole message about this. But there are some friends in our life that are, that are tempting us to do the wrong things. You know, Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery to a very high-ranking official named, named Potiphar, and, and, or, or, or he ended up, rather, uh, in, in the house of a high-ranking official named Potiphar, was shown great favor. And not only was he shown great favor by Potiphar, but also by Potiphar's wife. And uh, Potiphar's wife tried to make some moves on Joseph. And here we see his story, Genesis 39, verse 12. And Potiphar's wife caught Joseph by the cloak and said, um, hey, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. Sometimes there are people in our lives that are trying to tempt us down the wrong path. 
that are trying to tempt us to do things that we know we shouldn't do, and we need to run. We need to determine, no, we're, we're, that, that's not the life I'm going to live. You know, there, there, are, some, there are some relationships that, that I've had over time that I've had to redefine. Because I couldn't just hang out and, and, and you know, tell dirty jokes and cuss all day long and drink till I was wasted and just, you know, like, I couldn't, uh, no, God had a plan for me. And you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And I wanted a life where, you know, I was a great dad and I was a man of God and, you know, I was making a difference in this world. And, you know, I, I didn't want a life like my friends where I ended up, you know, divorced at 30 and, you know, you know, trying to just make it through. No, I wanted a life where, where my wife knew I loved her and, you know, knew we were committed to each other. And so there's some, some friends that have been in my life that, that we still talk every once in a while. I didn't boot them out. I never said we can't be friends anymore, but I just, I moved them over. And some of you today, like just as your pastor, I love you enough to tell you this. Some of you today, you have some people in your life, they're, they're corrupting you. I'm not saying they're bad people, but maybe they're doing some bad stuff that's gonna lead you down a path that you don't want to go down. And you gotta make a choice. See, if I got out on the interstate right now and I said, you know what, I wanna go to, I'm still learning the road signs around here, 64 north and south. I wanted to go to Indianapolis. So what is it, 65? See, I don't even know, whatever. If I got out on the road, said, you know what? I'm going to Indianapolis. And I got over here, and let's say I prayed about it. The car was all packed right. Jesus put angels around my car, keep me safe. I can't wait to get there, you know. And I got out on the road, though, and I headed down 65 and went south. My intentions were good. Had all the right plans, packed all the right bags. If my direction was wrong, I would never get there. And so sometimes in life we can have great intentions. But it is not our intentions. It is the direction we go that, that leads us to destinations. And so you can have great intentions. You can have great desires. You can pray about it, all this stuff. But if your life heads in the wrong direction with the wrong people, you'll never get to the destination that is right. And you may say, well, I'm not like everybody. I'm not like all the other people that, that do that. I'm, I got this. I, I, I won't be the one that falls into that trap. I'm, I'm better than that. I've, I've played this game a little bit, you know, for, for a while. I, I got it. I got control. Don't be misled. Bad company. It will corrupt you. And so, as homies, the homies that are sitting next to you, are they leading you in the right direction? So two things that I won't let the friends in my life do. 
I won't let them distract me from God's plan. I won't let them tempt me to sin. But here is one thing I will never stop doing. I will never stop loving people with an unconditional love of Christ. Don't you dare move these people over and stop loving them. Don't you ever think that you have a pastor that, that wants you to, to stay away from sinners? Don't talk to them. Man, we haven't been called to create a Christian huddle here. We are called to be in the world. Now, we're not called to be of the world. We're not called to do the things of the world, to act like the world, to look like the world, to talk like the world. Okay, we are called to be separate. But we still have to be in the world because light cannot be light without darkness. And if you're never around any darkness, you'll never be able to shine any light. And so one thing you have to choose to do when it comes to your relationships is you have to choose to let the right people, the ones that are speaking the loudest around you, be the best influences because they will determine what you end up like in life. But you also have to determine that the wrong people, you will not boot them out. You'll just redefine them. You won't hold them here. You'll keep them maybe at an arm's distance where you can still wrap an arm around them. You can still hug them. You can still be there for them on a bad day. But you just won't let them be the loudest in your life. You will live in the tension of being a friend of sinners, but also determining the friends you choose. One thing you cannot stop doing, loving people unconditionally. We need a church full of people that will go into a lost world and not push them away, not stand up with a sign saying you're going to hell, but will say I'm here for you. I love you. You may not be in my inner circle, but come on. I love you. That's the way we're going to break the chains of religion and be a church that God's called us to be, is to love the sinner and the saint. To love the righteous and the unrighteous. And so, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. God's got a great future for you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all across this room? You know, it's only when we get this right that we can do this. We can fulfill the command in John 13 that says, a new command I give you, that you would love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. Father, I pray right now that we would have a church that loves people well. But God, I pray we would also let the right people in that would help our roots grow deep in you. 
Father, I've learned as my roots grow deeper in you, my arms can go wider around the world, that I can, I can with outstretched arms love better. And so may my love grow wider as my roots grow deeper. God, I pray that you would put us around the right people. God, I pray you would help us choose our friends carefully. With your heads bowed, your eyes still closed, for some of you, this message has been real uncomfortable because there are some people in your life you need to redefine. And it's hard, and I get it. Maybe you're trying to rationalize why you don't need to. But I'm just saying, it'll make a difference in your life if you make the choice to not push them away, but redefine their seat. You might be thinking, you know what? I think all the friends that I have in my life are kind of the wrong friends. Well, that's why God puts you in a place like this. It's why we have small groups that you can get in a, you know, in a, in a group and you can find a couple right friends that say, I'll be in your inner circle. I'll pray for you. As Jennifer says, I'll strengthen you. I'll lift you up. I'll be a friend that makes you better. And so, Father, I pray that you would right now speak to every one of us. Would you show us the relationships that maybe need redefining? And may you show us the relationships in our life that we need to pour into even greater. The right people that we need to, we need to pull in a little tighter. Let their voice be a little louder. And Father, I thank you that you are a friend of sinners. That there was, there was nothing that anyone could do that was too wrong or too bad that would push them away from you. Father, maybe there's a person that walked in the room today and that's what they've been told. Don't go to church. Don't go get around those people because they will push you away. They won't let you in. Jesus is for perfect people. God, I pray if anybody walked in today, God, that they may feel a God that is loving and a God that has his arm stretched open and would, would just whisper in their ear, I'm a friend of yours. I'm a friend of the sinner and the saint. I am your friend. And so if you're in here today, and you didn't know that. God is your friend. He loves you. He's a friend that will never disappoint you, that sticks closer to a brother than a brother. If you're in here today and you're like, you know what? I received that. I've been doing life on my own. I didn't know Jesus was that way. And today I'm ready to, I'm ready to receive him as that friend, to walk away with the knowledge that he is my friend, that I'm a friend of God that's you today and you'd like to just start a friendship with him, I want to ask, nobody's looking around, I'm not going to call you out, single you out, tell you to come down to the front. But if you're in here today and you're like, you know what, I'm ready to just start a relationship with God. I'd love to just ask that you'd slip up a hand at this time. I'd love to pray for you. Just lead you in a prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just, just an opportunity to put a stake in the ground today to say, God, I'm ready to be your friend. I'm ready to be in relationship with you. So if you just raise your hand at this moment, I'd love to pray with you. Thank you so much. See you back in the back. You can put your hand down. Would you just pray this with me? You can pray right there in your seat, in your heart. Father, thank you so much. Today I receive you as a friend, my Lord and Savior. I ask that you make me brand new. May I walk in friendship and relationship with you all the days of my life. 
I give you all of me. I repent of my past. I just say, make me brand new, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.